this week on Young Nostalgia. Well, tracking the untrackable assassin. Uh, this is cringeworthy. <laughs> Let's take a look. Hello and welcome back to Young Nostalgia. It's been a week. Ben's breaking stuff. I'm Nolan, <laughs> as always. Ben is beside me. Thank you so much for joining us. And if the intro is any indication of the movie that we just watched, we would highly recommend that you don't watch The Jackal. We'll get more into it in a little bit. Ben, how you doing today, big guy? <laughs> oh, it's a good day. Uh, after kind of an unexpected week off, it's good to be back. Good to be talking about another movie here. Right. Right, and, and you know, Ben and I both fully take on the responsibility of doing nothing last week and not talking to each other, and then that's why an episode just <laughs> didn't come out, because I'm sure it crossed our minds like, oh, I wonder what Ben's doing, and Ben's like, oh, I wonder what Nolan's doing. Nah, and then we just let it go. <laughs> yeah, because, well, actually, well, actually, actually on our you, normal you recording. did text me, and I told you. Yeah, well, I think our Dang normal it. recording time, I can't remember even what it was. One of us was busy or something like that. And then we're like, oh, okay, so we'll, we're fine. Or we weren't ready to record yet on our normal day. And then I think the next day we also weren't ready. And then we just <laughs> didn't talk after that. Like, we just kind of both just were like, man, whatever. <laughs> well, well, what kind of threw it off, too, is it's like me being an, an amazing bureaucratic government worker i actually had monday off for president's day so it kind of threw me off with like the long weekend in my mind you know i i was set on doing everything that in a weekend you would do which is drinking more putting things off and then by the time monday came i'm like oh man i should watch this movie and it was two in the afternoon ben was at work texted me hey how's how's everything looking i'm like dude i haven't even watched it yet so naturally <laughs> i watched it at 6 p.m that same night on monday and now here we are the week after to finally talking about it <laughs> yeah and we we i think we talked to each other and we're like okay so we should be good to go and then tuesday rolls around and we just didn't talk at all until yesterday i think <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> can you tell that we're yeah. best friends i think so <laughs> yeah yet yesterday being saturday in case people don't know what day we record on so (laughs) yeah right (laughs) well welcome and thanks so much this is episode 121 we're going to be talking about uh the 1997 film the jackal um and more of why this movie uh is a one-time watch for the most part (laughs) unless you're unless you're podcasting about it you'll watch it again (laughs) other than that that's pretty much what it is so um what do you think man should we just get into this and 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 get this talking of this crazy cliche 90s movie out of the way (laughs) yeah let's do it let's get right into it okay (laughs) all right jumping in so this week we're talking about the jackal it's a 1997 american political action thriller film if you can say that 10 times fast, directed by Michael Canton Jones and stars Bruce Willis, Richard Gere, and Cine Poitier. The uh, film involves the hunt for a paid assassin played by Bruce Willis, who is the Jackal. It was actually a remake of the 1973 British-French film The Day of the Jackal, which starred Edward Fox. and was based on a 1971 novel of that same name. So I guess I didn't really realize that it was actually kind of a, a reboot um, and bringing it into like more modern days, which was the nineties. So hopefully the 1973 movie was better than the 1997 movie, but I guess we'll get into that. <laughs> so the, 
<laughs> this was Ben's first time watching it and my like maybe second or third time. Um, but as we kind of talked about in the beginning of the show, I feel like I was looking back on this movie with like, what would you call it? Like rose colored Rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Rose colored glasses. There we go. Thinking that this movie was better than it actually was because it stars one of my favorite actors um, and it's a 90s action movie. So how bad can it get? Right. Oh, no. No, it's pretty bad. It's it's I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. The acting isn't bad, but everything about the story just falls apart and it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I definitely wouldn't say it was it's not the fault of any of the actors like they were doing their job. They did well. You know, everyone involved. It was more of just a, a writing and maybe a directing issue. Mm. It just I don't know. It just kind of fell short. It seems like the cast was killer and then it just kind of it was just meh. Yeah. So, all right, my man. What do you think? Should we dive into your thoughts? Let's do it. So, <clears throat> right off the rip, I was already really liking the Cold War vibe that was going on. Um, right. not you know, I, I I I should maybe clarify that a little bit. You know, it's not that the Cold War was you know really cool, but it was. I, I'm kind of fascinated with that time period, and so I kind of enjoy movies and shows that are set in this time period. Um, and this wasn't necessarily, there was kind of going back and forth a little bit. This was, uh, from, it it appeared that this movie was taking place at the current date, the current date in 1997. So, um, if I remember right, I mean, that's, that would be after the cold war, but not very long after, but there was some kind of flashbacks a little bit, kind of talking about, uh, Cold War relationships that were brought into uh, the time period of the movie. So that that was really interesting. I kind of enjoyed that aspect of the movie. Right. Um, yeah. Um, it, it was kind of cool because like the Cold War vibe in the beginning was kind of bringing to the forefront the history of what the characters had. Because throughout the whole movie, a lot of times they talked about how the Jackal was used on the Russian side. And then he operated on American soil, um, has a lot of assassinations to his name, but um, he was huge and obviously has a lot of a lot of experience behind enemy lines, uh, picking off targets for money from the KGB and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then obviously you're seeing a lot of um, counter countering that with uh, Richard Gere's character um, Duncan. Mm-hmm. No, was it Declan? It was Declan. Declan, yeah. Um, Declan, because he was part of like the IRA when like all that stuff within the Cold War and Ireland and all that kind of stuff. So you're seeing a lot of two yeah. sides, um, both kind of maybe not necessarily the good guys, but very prominent with Cold War Cold War aspects. So, right, yeah, and it was more. It was less. It's it's not that the Cold War was really taking place during the movie. It was everyone, every character had some sort of prominence in the cold war and they were exactly. bringing that prominence and relate the their past relationships into this new situation um right right that's a good way to which is kind of a, a cool twist on on that sort of thing so right cool that's a good um, point i like another that. thing noticing thank you so another thing <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> it's better than saying like i know i know yeah yeah no you're right you're right 
Um, uh, and, you know, like we talked about before, I also liked, uh, I mean, it really kind of opened right up. There was no soft buildup to anything. Um, we opened right up to action inside that, uh, I guess the best way to call it was maybe like a dance club kind of, mm-hmm. kind of establishment. Um, that was ended up being, you know, raided by the authorities. And so that's kind of what kicked off the action for the movie. And that was within, I would say at least the first five minutes, um, oh, yeah. including the credits. Uh, and you know, we've talked about it before and that, it seems to be, you know, in any kind of action movie that starts off really quick like that, it always kind of, uh, always kind of grabs us a little bit. That seems like something that me and you both kind of gravitate to. Right. Um, you know, it's just something that you don't have to, there's no chance of, you know, you're not kind of getting bored by the buildup and you're not starting off too slow. Um, so that's the kind of thing that I normally like to see anyway. Um, so it's kind of funny. We were talking about it a little bit before we, uh, started recording how looking down through our notes, um, it's a little bit, you would think that we absolutely despise this movie (laughs) based on our notes, which, you know, we both talked about that's not necessarily the case, um, at all, but it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's really, if there's, if you're picking out a bunch of stuff that kind of makes you scratch your head, it's really hard to not focus on only that stuff. Yep. You know, so I think, you know, at least personally, I'm kind of at the point in my notes where it kind of starts to go downhill a little bit. Um, (laughs) as far as the movie goes. So apologies ahead of time for that. Um, I don't hate it, but it's just kind of how it, how it's going. Um, so I kind of found it a little bit interesting when this is after we've pretty much first been introduced to the Jackal and he kind of starts taking on the job responsibilities that he's given at this point. And I found it interesting what the 1990s expectations of computer AI was. Um, <laughs> right. Kind of like a AI personal assistant kind of deal. Um, and, right. and the way it was played off, he was, I think it was his, uh, friend that was like a bank manager or something. Uh-huh. Um, he's basically going, getting some cash from him and, uh, he's like, Hey, can I use your computer? And the way, the casually way he said it, it's, it's like everybody has this ancient looking ga- uh, <laughs> gateway computer or whatever it was, right. um, that you can basically just have conversations with and it's like, yeah, I'll take one of these. I'll take one of these. And the computer's just like, yep, this is the cost. This is the cost. And he's like, yep, make it happen. And yep. It's like, yep. <laughs> it, it has more bait, more privilege to do things than what we even have our stuff in 2020, 2021 doing <laughs> now. Um, right. Right. Which I thought that was, I mean, that was really early on in the movie, and I I was already kind of like, oh, that's a little bit weird because it's not like it's not like they've set up the pretense that this has taken place in the future or anything. Um, right, right, and yeah, and like the best thing is like not too long after this, then he goes into a cyber cafe, yeah, with like no high tech computers, and he's like, uh, "Can I get on? Can I get on the web on one of these?" You know, like obviously he's a, like in a persona, but. The fact that a cyber cafe was there and he's asking, can I get online? Because apparently cyber cafes, some aren't connected. Maybe you can just play a few games, but just rows and rows of just like those off-white computers and he's just logging on. It's it's just really funny how it like, 
acts like its future, but then also dates itself. I mean, obviously it's a 97 movie, but it's just really funny. It is funny. And kind of going along with that, I'm going to end up kind of jumping around in my notes a little bit. It's, uh, when we get to the point where he's starting to kind of build his weapon that he's original, that he's going to make the assassination with, basically it's a remote controlled turret gun made, uh, mounted in a minivan well he's remote controlling this thing with 1990s like cell phone like brick cell phone technology and he's (laughs) getting this is absolutely (laughs) real-time video transmission and remote control of this turret that there's like you can't do that (laughs) that's extremely difficult to do now to do everything in real time let alone yeah. on whatever garbage cell phone technology there was in 1997, um, which w- the yeah. way it was set up, it looked like it was very similar to a dial-up connection. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't actually data transmission. It was more of a. It was a phone line connection, is what it was making it out to be. Yep. So I thought that was a little bit odd <laughs> as well. Um, you know, if they're making the stretch that he's doing all this stuff, why would they just not have him have some space age new technology that's not cell phone based you know so i thought that was a little weird too (laughs) (laughs) yeah no a lot of this stuff just like doesn't add up and it and it cracks me up with like a lot of it doesn't add up technology wise but based on like how big this technology is it's crazy that None of this was like marked on the map i mean how often are you seeing this kind of technology being bought and used by like civilians like you're telling me that none of this was like tagged for anything that they couldn't have it it's it, you know it, it's it's weird because he acts like just by changing his hair he can get away with it but right it's it's yeah it's funny and all this stuff he's doing is uh it seems to be like way out of the fbi's league too like they yeah. were just dumbfounded yeah. at all the stuff he's doing like I, I like if this technology was so cutting edge, like even if they're the FBI isn't actively using this type of technology, you know, they're being briefed on it. There's stuff that's classified that is way above what anybody knows about right now. You know, right. There should be no surprises to any organization yeah. like the FBI um, as to what he's doing. They shouldn't be surprised at every turn. Um, right. Right. <laughs> It's just crazy. I, I know it is crazy. Um, <laughs> one thing uh, I kind of found odd. Do you remember the scene where it's really early on, basically right after he gets his gets the minivan, um, and he does all of his stuff where he's testing how long it takes to uh, change colors and that oh, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, you remember he was followed to a parking garage and he had to get away from mm-hmm. these guys. Now I th- from what I remember of this scene he I'm going and I'll say I'm going back from notes that I didn't write super clear because <laughs> I was expecting to be recording about it the next day when I actually right, right. you know waiting a week I was going back down through my notes I'm like what was I talking about? I have no idea why I made this note. Um <clears throat> So he's running from these guys and he ends up killing all of them. I think there was two, but it seems like if I remember right, these weren't actually guys that he was 
running from. They weren't FBI. They weren't Russian. They were almost just kind of like vandals or carjackers that he made angry. And so they were chasing him down. And he made, it was kind of this weird side story to everything that didn't Mm -hmm. really matter. And he seemed like he kind of went out of his way to elaborately kill them. Like one of them was poison, quick acting, which, okay, so that's a whole nother topic. It was this weird quick acting (laughs) poison. On, that if he touched it, then he starts choking. I know. He touched the door handle and he just starts foaming at the mouth, which I yeah, thought was yeah, a little right. ridiculous. But I don't know. It just seemed like an <laughs> odd timing in the movie just to have this arbitrary interaction with two carjackers mm-hmm. that rather than just, you know, knifing them and stuffing their bodies somewhere, he kind of went out of his way to take them out in an elaborate way I thought was a little bit odd. Yeah. And, and, like, super public, too, because, I mean, the guy, like, the jackal wasn't even around when this guy got poisoned, so now you're going to have just some dead foaming-at-the-mouth guy near your van, mm-hmm. which draws attention to you. Like, it, ju- it just seemed like he went out of his way to have no loose ends, but then the way he did to make sure he had no loose ends would just create more problems. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a better <laughs> way of putting it. It's like... For something that wouldn't have been that big of a deal, you had you just risked <laughs> making it a very big deal. <laughs> right, right. Like some random person in the garage, just like there's cars everywhere in the garage. Like you're telling me that in the middle of like early night, nobody else is gonna be around and then see you washing your car really quickly, un- unsuspiciously. These guys come walking around, and then all of a sudden, one guy dies by your van. It it. It's just it's just funny. Like I get what they're trying to say because earlier in the movie something big was like uh something about like he's in the profession of one mistake means you're done. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, he's been in the profession for, you know, 30 some odd years, so obviously he doesn't right. make mistakes. So I think they were trying to pinpoint being like he's been close to making mistakes, so he has to do what he has to do to like not make the mistake. But yeah, I'm with you where all of this is is just creating more mistakes. Yeah, and it seems like... It should have created more mistakes. In this particular job, it seemed like he was on the verge of a colossal screw-up the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. And then even in the beginning, he was like, I will not hesitate to call this off and you won't get your first half payment back. But then he still continues even like... Even though it's like, this is completely foiled, why are you even trying? And he's like, nope, it's still on, it's still on, it's still on, even though he was hotly pursued. Like, what was in it for him when he already had, you know, $60 million already deposited to him? And it's like, come on. And it wasn't, and it was such a, the stakes on it were so high that it wasn't about him not being able to pull it off. It was about his survival because he was, they were not necessarily trying to capture him they were trying to kill him right you know right right (laughs) i don't know it it, yeah i mean like like we said this is like very much cliche like 90s action movie where stuff happens to show you that like you know it's close um stuff happens to show you how close it is to going bad or how bad it actually is but none of that is like related to the outside world it's just this small little cube that this is what happens and then it doesn't matter after they show it on tv on on the film yeah so very very cliche yeah and that's that's one of my notes i have as well is you know it, it's it seemed like they were going for the biggest 
like audience gasp or gotcha moment or something like that as often as possible. Right. It seems like right. was the main goal of the movie was to go for that aha every single time as often as possible. Like uh, the big one was just like the stereotypical um he was the jackal right at the very end. Uh oh boy, we just talked about his name. Richard Gere's character uh Declan. Declan. Um I think uh, I can't remember who shoots him. It was either Declan or or his uh ex-wife. Anyway, shoots Are you the, about at, the, at the at the very end. The very end. Oh yeah, shoots, no, it is his ex-wife. Shoots the jackal and I can't remember it's someplace fairly major. It's like in the neck or the chest or something like that. Yeah. He goes down Declan and his ex-wife are doing whatever, and they look away for like one second, and then it, they like turn mm-hmm. back, and the jackal's like up and has a gun now. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, really. But, but it's like slow mo of like him like turning his head, and then he has this gun like <laughs> aiming at him, and yeah, and, and then and then who who does it? Richard Gere just shoots him thirty times, like a complete overkill. Yeah. And there's no other authorities like this whole chase scene in the subway with shots fired and everything. <laughs> yeah, I just and it's like it seems n- like no other authorities. It seems like that. There's the the clicheness of him dying and not getting shot, not really dead. Then turns around, has to get shot again. There's that. There's we have a 30 minutes basically shootout sequence, and there's no one around, no sirens, no nothing. Yeah. Um. Think yeah. of that sequence right there and it's the same kind of thing throughout the rest of the entire rest of the movie right michelle michelle did not like tune in very much during this movie because she was like this is completely something i am absolutely uninterested in but she was like just up and around doing things Mm -hmm. and she was there like in that last part of the movie with the whole subway scene and she was like the really (laughs) This is so dumb. She's she's like, I could have seen all of that coming from a mile away. And I'm like, this tells me tall tale sign that I am okay not watching this movie for a hot minute after this. I I very much I, I for how cliche it was, I was very much okay like just fast forwarding through the rest of it and just being like, I I can tell you by the book what's about to happen. Like Yeah. Yeah. Everything was extremely predictable. Um, it was, it was, uh, so I guess, where am I at in my list? I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. So I did kind of find it interesting just seeing the, we talk about it pretty much every time we see a movie that's earlier than like the two thousands. Um, yeah. Kind of like, uh, it's just fun seeing the things that were normal 30 years ago, like the security technology where no place was like worried about security at all especially airports yep um i know like the only thing was just one metal detector that you just conveniently walk through but you can still hold the bag and everything's fine right there's that and then you talked about the cyber cafes which is not a thing at all anymore and hasn't been for quite a while right um right so i i enjoy that kind of stuff um and i guess kind of the last thing that i i really have is the jackal himself like i understand needing to build him up as a mysterious character who has been his worked for, basically a mercenary who's worked for a little bit of everybody throughout his career 
but it, they gave him so little backstory that it kind of threw me off a little bit. It just mm-hmm. all of a sudden right. he just appeared and he's going along and literally the only thing we know about him is his name. And normally when that happens in a movie, you learn a little bit more about him throughout the movie and he becomes, there's a little bit of character progression and there's none. Right. There's absolutely none. Yeah. It's they introduce him, he does <laughs> his things, they they don't give you any more information other than what he's currently doing right now. And that's it. Yep. Yep. Yep, it's mainly of just like he's been a long time, uh, you know, hooded mystery figure of an assassin for who knows how long. Um, and then now he's here doing this. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. And like to kind of piggyback off of that, it looks like we kind of rounded out your thoughts pretty good. And I had a thought down here about sort of that kind of thing. Um, and I know you and I talked just by like going over the movie, how weird it was to just see. <laughs> just to see Willis as a uh, like casted as that character because Bruce Willis as oh, an actor yeah. throughout the 90s like this is very much not the kind of Bruce Willis like typical character that you see where I, it's like you know he he had no depth of character in this movie and usually when you see Bruce Willis for one he's not like a a, a bad guy he's kind of like that off the cuff vigilante cop but like in each role, he he usually uses, like, he's full of wit in his lines, like a whole bunch of one-liners that are stupidly dumb, but, you mm-hmm. know, makes Bruce Willis movies what they are. And then he's usually, like, a shoot first, then ask questions later. So all of this mm-hmm. just, you know, point-and-click, like, weird Bruce Willis style um, was definitely, was definitely no, new. I completely forgot that we talked about that right after watching this movie. Um, and to go even farther than that, he, you know, there, this is not really his character at all, but he's also generally always a good guy. Yeah. Right. Now he might not be like a super nice guy. I must, I should clarify, but he's generally always working for the good side of things. Yeah. Right. And just to right. s- on top of everything else, it's odd to see him in this role at, you know, it, you know, not to say that he did a bad job. I think he was everyone in this movie did a good job. I think they were just kind of working with what they got. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I completely forgot that we had talked about that and how how odd of a role it was for Bruce Willis. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so I think that's something that might have also just like disconnected us from the movie too, where we're just like, this, no, this isn't him. This can't be him. You know, it's just not the same guy. Um, so one big thing too that was just a stickler for me, and it really happened kind of towards the end when the whole like minivan and then he was like pointing at the first lady. And even just like the whole build up to this is like the whole cliche-ness of the 90s movies are that uh, th- that this one really fit into was that you change one thing and the whole story just falls apart. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, why are you just like continuing with plans? Why don't you just stop, put the FBI director, put the first lady in a bunker, and then what is this guy going to do? Like, right. you, like, like, if you do that, he won't know. Obviously, like, you weed out the moles, like, he, like, um, the one. FBI detective did and then what then he has nothing to go on you figure things out and then you just like stop the plans that you have 
and then trap the dude. And I'm so just like, exactly why are like you they just would like, in real life. Like if there's yeah. a threat on any major figure's life, <clears throat> politician <laughs> yeah. or otherwise, that person is locked down. Yes. And and like who cares if you like if he loses the trail? It's like whatever, you'll pick it back up, I'm sure, because if he wants to get paid, then he'll continue to do it and then he'll just slip up. Right. But it's just like that one thing would make all of this just fall apart. And it, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I I can see I can see them not doing it for the FBI director. Not that he is not a prominent figure or that, you know, he's not prominent enough to, you know, want to take care of him. But being an FBI involved with the FBI, that's kind of your job. And I kind of see, you know, maybe you'll proceed with cautiously just to try to lure him out and catch him. But once they figure out that his target is actually the first lady and not the FBI director, no, as you shut it down, she goes underground, um, not (laughs) out of anybody's sight. No one goes in, no one goes out. The entire movie, it's just over with at that point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And it's just like, even then, just on top of that, because they didn't change any plans, the whole defense of the first lady is discreet. Like, I'm sorry, but whether you're just like a regular cop, like even FBI, if you run onto a podium and tackle the first lady, like, I feel like that's not okay. Like, I feel without like proper (laughs) identification right away, it, it, it all just seemed... You know, just like un unrealistic in the moment. Um, no, I uh-huh. and then things start falling apart where like the jackal just doesn't stop shooting, and it's like at that point you've really screwed the pooch. Yeah, and just I mean the jackal. Or let's be honest here. So if we break this all the way down, <laughs> if his plan is to take out a high profile target in the manner that he's planning to do it, that's not how you do it. You know what I mean? Right. right. He was basically yeah. to enlighten anybody what's going on, he's has this minivan set up with a oh total spoilers here. We should have talked about that before, but <laughs> yeah. He's using a remote controlled uh it's like a I don't even know what it is. It's it's kind of it's basically like a twenty millimeter machine gun that he's got yeah. set up on a remote turret in this minivan. And He's controlling it basically from a park bench. He's dressed up as a DC, like <laughs> Capitol Police. And yeah. like that's just not realistic. You know, that's just not something <laughs> yep. that someone would do. I mean, the first lady, she's out in this open area. Um, there's tons of buildings around. They don't really make, until he starts shooting, they don't make any mention of any snipers on the roofs. You yeah. Know, if if that were the case, that's where he should be at. He'd have been done. He'd have been out of there. It'd have been taken care of. You know, yep. it's just like it's one of those things where they build up. They he they have the villain come up with an overly elaborate plan so that it fails that much <laughs> harder. And I get it. Yeah, right. But right. This one was just kind of a little outlandish. Yep, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and just kind of again another another uh, separation from the movie that. You know, it, it's it's hard to get put back in the mindset of what this movie is, and mm-hmm. and honestly, though, like despite everything that we've said, 
the most I've been disconnected from this movie was like the last 20 minutes, the last 30 minutes, like the whole the whole thing of the realization of the first lady and then him setting up with the minivan and then the whole chase in the subway. That was like, okay, this movie is is too cliche for me and I'm just like not a fan, <laughs> not a fan, but uh, But the whole lead up like the hunt for him prior to all of this, it was actually it was really good. It had its it had its problems, just like we talked about before, where there's there's no backstory to him or anything like that. And I can get past that right. kind of thing. And the lead up to all of this was was really good, but I 100% agree. It was the last half hour to 20 minutes. Um, it's re- really kind of lost me. It got really outlandish. Um, <laughs> yep. The cliche aspect of it. That's, yeah. It wasn't really till the end where I'm just like, meh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. That's funny. That's cool. And with that, I think that brings us together for uh, the final rating, personal ratings of The Jackal. What do you give it, Big A? So, all right. So uh, this one's a little bit tough because from the this whole show, like it sounds like we absolutely hated this movie, and I won't say that I hated it. I just didn't like it as much as the other <laughs> movies we had watched. Um. So I think I I think it's 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 not a movie that I'm I'm not sorry that I wasted the time to watch it. Yeah, it you, wasted the time. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. So I think I'll give it I'll give it a six. Like I didn't hate yeah, it. That's... I wouldn't watch it again. Um, I would give it you know six. You know it's right above fifty percent there. So kind of leaning towards liking it you know that kind of thing so yeah i'm with you i i respect that 100 percent. and even being a big bruce willis fan and having seen this movie before uh like i said i think it's been too long for me to have seen this <laughs> that i'm like oh wait i remember like i was just looking through my drawers of movies i have and be like oh i remember this one in my mind i was like you know this one was a nail biter i enjoy the kind of dynamic uh so i was like yeah i'll suggest it and then now hindsight being 2020 uh wouldn't have suggested it but i'm with you i i i will give it a six for sure i'll, I'll give it a six um and probably only watch it if we ever do uh one of these again and i forget that i suggested it in the past <laughs> but you know um on the other side of things i do I feel a little bit bad just because um, this is this is the first movie that we've really kind of tore up. This is the second series that we've done, True. and this is the first movie that we've not really liked and we've had a lot of criticism for, and it was also your movie. So I do feel a little bit bad on that, I and know. I was going to feel – I'm happy that you also feel the same way. Right, um, and I was right. kind of uh, until we talked a little bit, and especially since we talked today, I was a little bit nervous that you were just like, "Oh, like how'd you like it? I, I this is one of my favorites," and I was gonna be like, uh, "I don't know." <laughs> um, right, right. And so it, it was kind of a little bit of a load off when it, I found out that you kind of feel the same way about it that I did. Um, I'm with you. I appreciate but, you, man. But yeah, like it was, this is, it was interesting. This is the first one that we've kind of been just like, eh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So if you pin this one up against the fifth element, which one, like, would you rather watch the fifth element? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I liked the Fifth Element. It was a little bit out of my normal watching zone, and like I, I ended up watching it twice to make sure that I got everything. <laughs> um, yeah. But I I did not dislike the Fifth Element. I I liked it. Okay. Good. Cool. 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 Yeah. I, you know, I, I had to throw you a bone so you made sure you didn't hurt my feelings. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> kind of like a, a set and spike kind of thing. So. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> At that point, if you said you didn't like the fifth element, that's on you. No, you got problems. You're just going to log off right now. <laughs> right. All right, whatever. I'm out. <laughs> ben plays the outro music instead. <laughs> All right, my man. I think that really rounds us out uh, for the episode. But, I, you know, I'm totally with you. Um, a very mediocre. Um, glad glad we watched, but not eager to go back. Um and it was it was definitely cool to have that kind of conversation together since this was one of the first movies that were like, it really wasn't that good. So, no, it, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. Uh, next week, what's on the bill for us? This is cool yours, right? This is your Luke. last pick for us. Cool Hand Luke. I, I think I am, we're both super pumped and excited for this I, one. I am so excited for this one because it's been a long time since I've watched it. Uh, maybe three or four years since I've watched it, maybe more. Okay. Um, and okay. it is one of my absolute favorite old movies. Nice. And I really nice. hope, I think you'll like it. I really hope you do. Cause it would really bum me out if you didn't, because I really, really <laughs> enjoy it. Um, you're set, you're setting that bar pretty high right now, right off the bat and being like, you better like it or I'm not going to podcast with you ever again. <laughs> just so you know. Well, no, it's, it's, it's all right. Like if you ended up not liking it, I just, I just break the news to you that I didn't like the fifth element or something. <laughs> so then we'd be even. Right, 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 right. No, man, I, I'm truly excited ever since you suggested that and we talked about it so many episodes ago about our picks of movies. I, I have been very eager to get to this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know, just the it's just good. I mean, Paul, Paul Newman himself. I mean, it's hard not to like Paul Newman. Let's be honest right, here. Right. Um, but just kind of the, the Southern, uh, the Southern setting of it. Every, it's, it's just a really good, good movie that I, I don't know how many times I've watched it. Probably maybe about half a dozen or so. So not a ton. And it's more, it's always mm-hmm. been like, I've only watched it straight through, one or two times it's one of those movies that you catch it on like amc or on tv and it's like oh "Oh, maybe i'll watch i I come in and i end up watching the first half and then a couple weeks later i catch it on again and i watch the second half that kind of thing um so right i've only ever watched it like we rented it and watched it all the way through once or twice but nice cool yeah it 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 I'm excited. It's exciting. What you should do is actually just outright buy it digitally, so then you always have it since it's one of your favorites. <laughs> That's true. But you know what? We ended up. We end up. Uh, we've talked about it before. I think I rent movies actually from the Xbox Store most of the time, and they always range between two ninety nine and three ninety nine for the Ultra HD good. version. Um, yeah. So I don't know. There's a. I I own. The amount of movies that I actually own, hard copy or digital or whatever, I could probably count on one hand. Like that's how few that I actually have. <laughs> just because in today's really today's day and age, it's so easy just to get a movie and it's cheap. If you just want to rent a uh-huh. movie, it's cheap, and to have it right now, it's like I, I've never felt the need to own movies. You know what I mean? Right. 
right? There's there's a certain set of movies that I have to own because they're the most watched for me and just like, you know, Michelle and I and friends, which is Star Wars, all of like, you know, at, at least at least the original trilogy yes, or at I least do. one through six. I'll give you that. I have to own it. I have the original trilogy and I also, I don't know if you had a chance. I've been really wanting to watch those. Uh, what are they called? It's supposed to be the original cut that you can't find anymore, but it's the fan created oh. original cut. Yes. You, you shared uh, those with me and I think we actually have it on a Google drive. Yes. So I, I have those. And of course I do have the full, like the box set of director's cut Godfather series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Must have. Like in, must have. in the package, uh, you know, part two is a two disc movie. It's that, <laughs> it's that long, especially the director's cut. Um, I love it. But yeah, I just never been a big, uh, hard copy, uh, movie kind of guy. So, which I, I totally respect. And then the last series that has to be owned, I mean, at least in my mind is the Harry Potter series all the time. Oh, good call. Yeah. Uh, I think I do also have that entire series as well. Okay. I, I'm glad that we're on the same wavelength in terms of what series need to be need yes. to be on hand at, at at any time and can be watched with or without internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I have it currently. I think it's probably stashed away in a box, probably still at my parents' house. But uh, oh, okay. I do own it. I will say I don't necessarily have it. That's good. But I own it. <laughs> And, that, and that's okay. I can I, I can I can accept that. Good enough. Good enough for uh, yep. you. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's round this puppy out. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we talked about the jackal today, um, and uh, maybe not our top recommended movie. But if you're bored and feeling frisky, feel free to check it out. If you like Bruce Willis, Richard Gere, uh, thank you so much. Next week, um, Cool Hand Luke. We're both excited, and it's going to be a great episode. As always, if you enjoy what you hear, leave us a kind review of five stars. Um, and let us know what you think. You can always email us for any movie recommendations or future show recommendations at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. You can find us on your favorite podcasting apps, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're out there. Um, I think that rounds us out. Let me just uh, kick off this music here. Ben, as we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. Let's talk to you next week. Most likely.